your first episode of Midwesterners, welcome. If it is you're joining us after listening to us a few times, welcome back. You are listening to the Midwestern Nerds podcast. I am your host, Chad Coffin, alongside my other host, Brian Stoffel. And it is another week. We are excited to have you guys back. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, but first, before we get to any of that, let's talk about social. Let's talk about social. Let's talk about streaming. We are available at Midwestern Nerds on Instagram, at Midwestern Nerds on Twitter. We are available on Facebook, the Midwesterners Podcast. We are available via email, MidwesternNerds at Gmail. You can find us streaming on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Google Podcasts. Did I say that already? I don't think so. And Overcast. And the most exciting part about our social media experience so far is that as of last night, Midwesterners, Midwesternerds.com is officially a website. Yeah, we got a website. Uh, this is this is really exciting. <laughs> it's I, so cool! I dude. posted this on the Facebook page that like with every day that this podcast exists, it gets to bigger and higher levels. Like things that i would have never dreamed of with this podcast if i'm gonna be honest i thought it was gonna be just us talking at a wall and nobody really caring but here we are we've got so many followers already we've got a lot of fans that we are grateful and gracious to have and that just keeps upping the ante for us to come out with bigger better like content and to be available in more places just so that we can get this all out to you guys so the the new website is very exciting for those reasons it's so cool i mean this is not i don't want this to sound like a bragging moment this is more of a humbling moment because it's like never would i ever have thought something that i would create or we would create or anything that my name would be a part of would ever have a website like you can make a facebook you can make a twitter you can make an instagram but if people type in the name of our podcast followed by a dot com they will find a website that's dedicated to us our stuff where you can find us what we do what we're about we're just tinkering with it right now so it's not a totally full finished polished um website but it has all of our uh, socials on there it has all of our uh, streaming platforms on there as well so that's a really good hub for you to get to all of our other areas again it's midwestern nerds M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. Midwestern Nerds. The coolest part about this is now if you type in Midwestern Nerds on Google, we're probably going to be the first thing that pops up so that people know where to find us. Absolutely. With that being said, everything plugged, let's move into news. This just in. Not so much this week. <laughs> Folks, we realized last week that we threw a billion cupcakes at the wall and some stuck and maybe it didn't all stick, but it made us go really long and it made it 
in some parts a little bit dry. I realize uh, new comic book news is always very exciting for Brian and I, but it's not exciting for everyone else. I promise we will cut back our news to more fun and more exciting. Rather than giving you quantity, we're giving you quality. The stuff you want to hear the way you want to hear it. Plus, this gives you incentive to check out our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, because all the stories that we can't talk about on here just because we don't have the time for doesn't mean that we don't notice them and doesn't mean that we still don't want to talk about them. We're going to be posting them on all of the social media to spark some conversation with you guys, let us let you all know our thoughts on the matters. So be sure to be checking out the social media pages for that news that you don't get here directly on the podcast. Absolutely. And our first piece of news, we wanted to talk about it last week, but here we are talking about it, episode four, is the announcement of the animated series The Bad Batch. So for those of you who haven't heard of this, The Bad Batch is going to be a spinoff series from the ever-popular Dave Filoni, uh, The Clone Wars. Um, I love The Clone Wars. It's an animated Star Wars series that basically falls between the episode two attack of the clones and episode three revenge of the sith you wouldn't realize that they could put eight seasons of animated star wars in between those two movies but they absolutely can it's a phenomenal piece of canonly can colonic not colonic oh god canon it's canon sorry (laughs) i was trying to think of a better word to link that sentence together and i just put it in my mouth um It's canon. Uh, George Lucas has said it himself. I know he said a lot of things. It's a phenomenal. It introduces more characters. It gives you more of a deep dive into the clones. It gives you a bigger... um, It gives you more in-depth Anakin's kind of development where he kind of jumps from movie to movie and it's like, good guy, bad guy. Um, Also introduces my personal favorite character in the whole Star Wars universe, Ahsoka Tano. Again, you get to meet a lot of other characters. You get more development out of characters that you don't get to see. That's the Clone Wars. The Bad Batch um, is we get to see Clone Force 99 in the first and second episodes of the final season of the Clone Wars. I'm not going to get too deep into uh, the season itself. I just want to talk about the Bad Batch. So this animated series is going to face around Clone Force 99. They are an experimental batch of clone troopers that they didn't use the same dna it was a mixture it was experimental they don't say exactly what is different about these clones but they do not look like the other clones they do not act like the other clones they're very much the bad batch they're the maverick they're the you know maverick and goose of the of the clone troopers they're very much the the outsiders the you know the renegades um it's led by uh, Hunter, uh, he's a clone sergeant. He's their tra- tracker. Uh, there's Wrecker. He's the muscle. He is just a straight goon. Like, and the gooniest shaved head. He's got a wonky eye all over the place. But he's a guy that's picking up droids and throwing them rather than shooting them with a gun. Uh, Crosshair uh, is a sniper. He's a dead shot. Can hit anything from anywhere. Uh, and then Tech. Can you guess what he does? He does the tech. He huh? does the tech. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. It's, it's misleading. Um, uh, this uh, series is going to follow. So basically, after the second episode of the Bad ba- or of uh, Clone Wars uh, season nine, you see uh, Clone Trooper Echo leaving uh, the Clone Army and heading with the Bad Batch to be a part of them. Uh, you have to really watch the series and see the development of that character to know exactly why. I'm excited. 
after seeing the first two episodes with this group uh, of clone troopers alongside uh, Anakin and Commander Cody, who is one of the clone uh, troopers, it is it's really cool to see that they're going to get their own series, like a full spin-off series, because that's that you know, while Star Wars is really cool and really exciting and I love the Clone Wars, I'm almost more excited about this because this is, like I said, that renegade, that maverick team that you never know what's going to happen. The words that stuck out to me when looking at this article were daring mercenary missions. Um, And the fact that, yeah, it is like this, this group of military people that I'm going to assume after the events of episode three and the clone wars they're kind of like you know we're done with whatever's going on with the empire like we're gonna go off and do our own thing and just figuring out like where their places in that new universe of a galactic empire um the fact that they're different and that they were like more of like an elite experimental batch makes me question on whether or not like they might have special abilities I don't want to say superpowers, so I'll just leave it at, like, abilities, you know, maybe they captured a Jedi and, like, tampered with their DNA to, like, put into, like, this clone batch. The possibilities are endless for this series, and uh, I haven't personally watched Clone Wars yet, but this spinoff kind of makes me excited and makes me more curious to check it out sooner rather than later. And, you know, a really awesome part of it, too, that executive producer, Dave Filoni, like I said before, um, he is the executive producer. He has been a director for some of the episodes. Um, He is also the director and one of the uh, executive producers on Avatar The Last Airbender. Clone Wars and Avatar The Last Airbender should be enough for you to want to go see him in something else. Um, I'm looking right at Brian because he has not watched either of these shows. (laughs) I guess I have to give him a pass on this for my Alien and Predator faux pas, so I'll give you a pass on it. I I watched Mandalorian, which he was producer and did like directed a few episodes, and that was really good. So so. another reason you have to go (laughs) see his other stuff, Brian. So again, like already knowing what the Clone Wars brought, knowing that there's going to be some continuity with the executive producer, it's just it's really exciting. For people who are Star Wars fans out there, if you have watched all the movies and you're like, I don't want to watch that animated show, that's just a kiddie, blah, 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 it's not. There's some dark stuff in there. There's. I'm not going to say that your kids can't watch it, because I, I absolutely I watch them with my son, and he loves them, but there are definitely parts in it that are like, wow, that's for the parents right there. Like People dealing with like their PTSD, watching Anakin float to the dark side. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. Should I say spoiler alert for a movie that came over a decade ago? <laughs> Maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just I'm I'm very much looking forward to the show. Awesome. Uh, let's move on to our next story. This one is from Newsarama, and NBC Universal is taking one of their uh, sister companies. And they're making their own, they're launching their own comic book company. Before we get too far into this story, can we talk about, so this is the second week that you've brought an article from Newsarama. I feel like this is the news company that Arthur Fonzarelli starts. Hey, cool cats, I got the the Newsarama. This is the website that I get a lot of my comic book news from. Uh, They recently, like, got bought out by a different company like a video game company and their website's kind of a hot mess right now but i still i still go on there because they like they're usually the name for comic book news absolutely so 
Uh, and I like to just, you know, let the audience know where these articles are coming from. Also, just for, like, legal reasons, I don't want, you know, some company to be like, oh, you, like, misquoted or whatever. And it's like, well, actually, I got it from this article. So <laughs> I just like to put where I got the stuff from, just, you know, informative and just legal technical reasons. So, yes, this story comes from Newsarama, uh, UCP which is a sister company from uh, NBC Universal, UCP standing for Universal Content Productions. They're creating their own division to focus on comics. So essentially they're starting their own comic book company. Now this company is, and this uh, division of NBC Universal is being led by Grant Morrison and the comic book company Boom Studios. this U- UCP, they do have some traction in like the comic book uh, realm of just entertainment. Uh, they helped develop uh, the Umbrella Academy show on Netflix, Deadly Class, which uh, aired on Sci-Fi, Resident Alien, which I haven't heard of, Happy, which also was a Sci-Fi show, and the new Brave New World show that is uh, one of the launching points of the Peacock app. Uh, the first project uh, that this company is making under this new company um, is called it's a series called Proctor Valley Road by Morrison and screenwriter Alex Child Uh, it tells the story of a group of teenage girls suspected in the disappearance of several teenage boys in a 1964 California beach town Uh, this is actually based off of like real uh urban legend like real life stories uh about proctor valley road which is in san diego county uh yeah it's based off of like urban legends and deaths and there's even like a a monster that's part of like these urban legends uh so that's the first announced project under this new um comic book company ucp you know and the notes said when you when you read the article So, they said that UCP is going to be for up-and-comers. They really want to use this uh, this company to promote new and up-and-coming comic book artists, comic book writers, which is interesting because right on the flip side, your first project is with Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, if you guys don't know, has been involved in comics such as Doom Patrol, Justice League of America, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, and... He's a part of the sci-fi series Happy, like you had mentioned before. So, obviously, they needed to have a little a heavy hitter, some weight behind their first big project. Yeah, something, some name to bring in, like not just regular people, but you know the the comic book nerds like us that are like, oh, this is a new comic book company. It's probably gonna suck because you know they don't have a whole lot backing them up. But then it's like, no, this is being backed by. Grant Morrison, and another comic book company as well. If, if you're starting a podcast company, we're great, but you're not headlining with us. Right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're coming out with a Joe Rogan. You're coming out with like a, You're going to ask Kevin Smith to make a, a 51st podcast exactly. for him to come out with yeah, during so, the month. Yes. We know you guys love us, but we're aware of our standing. You know, but that's, you know, they got to have a heavy hitter. So, like Brian did mention, this first project is called Proctor Valley Road, and it's based in San Diego County in California. So, 
Um, a lot of this is based in a lot of urban legends and myths that come from the Proctor Valley Road. So I reached out to uh, one of my uh, one of the people I work with, one of my co-workers, and she lived in California, but she lived in way northern California, so she never even heard of the Proctor Valley Road myths. But <clears throat> I looked into it, and it's a stretch of dirt road that falls between Chula Vista and Jamul. Jamul? I don't know how to pronounce it. But it's in Southern California. And the first thing they talk about is the Proctor Valley Monster. So... The urban myths say that it really started way back in the 19, uh, way before the 1960s. Uh, that's where the second portion of this starts. But right when it was getting settled, there was a lot of cattle mutilations, pets going missing. You know, there was a huge problem. They couldn't put their finger on it, but all the locals said that there's this Proctor Valley monster. If you've seen it, it's kind of like your Bigfoot, kind of like your Hodag. But in the 1960s, when all the when it got more popular, cattle farmers moved out, and it became these. Um, big cities of your you know your Chula Vista and your Jamul and in between there wasn't all those cattle farms there weren't all those small cities those towns so it was just a long stretch of dirt road so the Proctor Valley monster had to change its targets so uh, the, the rumors and the myths are that the Proctor Valley monster focused on killing young adults who would park on the side of the road, you know, kind of like your, your hookup point or your whatever it may be. So rather than going to this overlook over, over San Diego, you're going to this dirt road that stretches between these two big cities that's really remote, it's really rural, and kids are pulling by the side of the road, and then whether they're getting terrorized or whether they're getting, um, they're getting murdered, um, there's actually 18-inch footprints that they claim come from the Proctor Valley Monster. You can actually see the casts of these footprints at the Bonita Museum in Chula Vista. So there's like a lot rooted in this Proctor Valley Monster. And one of the biggest stories that people tell is a boyfriend and a girlfriend head to Proctor Valley Road, pull to the side of the road, but the car starts acting funny. So the boyfriend gets out to check on him and disappears. Girlfriend's looking out the car, can't see her boyfriend. She starts hearing scratching on the outside of the car. Just this loud scratching. She's just panicked. She's, she's so paralyzed in fear she can't get out of the car. She's screaming for her boyfriend. He's not coming back. The next morning, uh, after calls are made by the parents to go look for him, they show up in the morning and the cops find her in the car, still just completely panicked, completely freaking out. Do you know where the scratching was coming from? her boyfriend's mutilated body, guts hanging out, was caught up in a tree branch above the car. Oh. And as the wind blew, his hand was scratching the roof of the car because it was so oh, windy. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> right? I got goosebumps. I'm reading this last night. My wife's like, please don't talk about it. I, I'm pregnant. I got enough problems sleeping as it is. Please. Please. So... That, the Proctor Valley Monster is one of the things that they talk about, but then there's the Proctor Valley Hitchhiker. So there's a woman who appears, and she's dressed in blue or white, and she's looking for a ride. Do not give her that ride. <laughs> uh, they, they, <clears throat> they suspect there's a lot of rumors that go around, and one of the myths is that she was, uh, it was a prom night murder. Um, another one was that she was dragged out there, and she was raped and murdered and there she's there for vengeance for anybody who's out there on Proctor Valley Road. So if you're driving that stretch of dirt road between 
between Chula Vista and Jamal. Don't stop. Don't pick up hitchhikers. Just keep going, especially a woman in blue or white. And the last one, which isn't as menacing, but um, is the Proctor Valley Demon Car. Uh, there are a pair of headlights that slowly start gaining on you faster and faster. And if you look back and you look at the headlights, there's no car behind it. So these headlights are just tailing you and tailing you and tailing you and getting closer and closer. And you step on it as fast as you can to get back on the paved portion of the road. And as soon as you get to the paved portion of the road, if you stop and turn around and look, you'll see the headlights turn around and fade back into where they had come from. So if you are interested in taking a look at the Proctor Valley Road demon car hitchhiker or monster, you can take the short uh, trip from where we live in Wisconsin. It's only 32 hours. You drive straight through just to possibly get mutilated. So who knows? It's it's a possible destination. Also in the world we live in, you could probably book like a $10 flight to (laughs) California. A Rona flight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this, how much of the the urban legend and the myth that Grant Morrison brings into the comic book. Obviously, there's some mystery in it with some disappearing of some kids, uh, but but it's exciting to see. You know, whenever you see a birth of a new company, especially a comic company, it's just fun to watch where it's going to go. I like that they're taking this turn on urban legends, especially like... You know, they could easily pick ones that we've all heard of, you know, like Jersey Devil, Chupacabra, like Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, stuff like that. But they chose one that, you know, I hadn't heard about before this, which makes me kind of excited for the possibility of different urban legends and myths that they could kind of tackle and bring out in different creative ways. And especially since, like, this is a TV company that's diving into comic books. They could easily intertwine the two, you know. There could be uh, a spin-off TV show focused on like a certain character, and then you want to find out more about them. Well, you got to check out the comic books too, and vice versa. Like, there's all the different kinds of possibilities with this story. It's exciting for just new content in general. And speaking of comic books, let's move over to currently the world's most beloved human being on the planet. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, so this article comes from USA Today. Uh, Keanu Reeves is teaming up with Boom Studios to create a 12-issue limited series called Berserker. Uh, He's co-writing this with Matt Kite and art by Alessandro Vitti. This is a story that centers on a warrior who has walked a blood-soaked path across the world for centuries. In present day, the Berserker performs dangerous jobs for the U.S. government in exchange for the truth about his existence. Uh, Reeves pitched this character, pitched the story as uh, this character who was born 80,000 years ago, who is half man, half war god. It's a little bit of fantasy in reality. Uh, Boom Studios, which we just talked about with uh, the NBC Universal story and uh, the Proctor Road, um, they also have a first look deal with Netflix. So if this were to be created or adapted into a show or a movie, it's probably going to end up on Netflix first. Um, The series is supposed to uh, launch on October 7th. I'm excited. I mean, like you said, Keanu Reeves is probably one of the most beloved actors right now uh, in our time. He 
pretty much can't do a whole lot of wrong and so it's exciting that you know he's jumping into this comic book uh one of the funny things that i thought was interesting about this is that they're they're definitely using him to sell this series i mean not only are they saying like keanu reeves is writing this but the main character is also going to be drawn to look exactly like keanu reeves looks like he got pulled <laughs> straight out of john wick here you go yeah so and that's the other thing like the with the john wick movies the matrix movies like this dude is experienced in all these different fighting stuff like he trains to do like all the gun stuff in his movies so adapting that into storytelling into a comic book and just where you're not limited to the real world where you could kind of go above and beyond uh reality with some of like these pictures that this artist could draw that keanu could think of like i'm excited for this the first thing i thought of i'm like reading the title and i was like b-r-z-r-k-r i'm like what and then when I realized what it was, the first thing I think of is from Clerks, when Jay and in, in, uh, Silent Bob are out in front of the, the quick stop, and he's got his Russian cousin there, and he's like, no, 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 he don't speak English good like you and me. Hey, hola, show me your berserker face. He's like, yeah, that's his metal face. And then the, he gets in, and he's like, my love is like a truck berserker. Would you like some fuck berserker? So that's what I thought when I first read this. So I'm like, okay, Keanu Reeves and Berserker. A part of me thinks that they probably could have come up with a better name, especially since, like, I had heard this news, and then I went to look up the article. And when I typed in Berserker, do you know how many comic book, like, comic books, like, manga series, graphic novels are already called Berserker? Like, there's a reason why they they did it, like, the, the you know, the... the Right, the weird way they yeah. spelled it differently. They wanted it to have some its own title, not be a berserker. In our in our text texting world, you know, gotta abbreviate everything. Just take out all the vowels. This is like the BRB <laughs> version of berserker, right? So, but yeah, so Keanu Reeves is supposed to be a warrior fighting his way through the ages. Uh, like you said, the character looks like Keanu. He's supposed to be about eighty thousand years old. So, like you said, he's learned a lot. Master all these fighting styles. His dad is apparently a war god, and as of right now, this series is supposed to base. Um, he is doing missions for the U.S. and they help him hide away um, while they're helping him figure out his past. Uh, but of course, there's always CD things, always background things. So this betrayals, betrayal, betrayal, <laughs> cons. Um, this screams about something we want to talk about in the best stop. But this talks. This looks almost identical to the movie that just came out in uh, Netflix, The Old Guard. Super ancient warriors running through history, fighting the wars, whether they're on the good side or the bad side. At the time, they thought it was the good side. This comic looks like it's being written like The Old Guard, but with an individual rather than a team. Yeah, so that's another kind of uh, hurdle that they're going to have to overcome with this series is just that, you know, there's already a very popular right now netflix movie that has a similar premise to this and also uh it's that movie was based off of a comic book series so you know trying not to tread along roads that have already been tread down trying to make yourselves a little bit different 
uh, add a new flair to it, uh, different content, you know. It's going to be interesting to see how they overcome all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, Keanu do no wrong, you know. <laughs> well, and I mean, take a look at DC. You can copy all you want and make money, so. <laughs> so that's some good news of things coming out. The bad news is um, some news recently that uh, the movie Tenant, a Christopher Nolan movie, has been removed indefinitely from the release list. Brian, we continue to see this. We've got Tenant now. We've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we just talked about uh, two weeks ago, that, is, that got bumped back now. Candyman, Halloween sequel, and the last Purge movie are all getting bumped back because of the Rona. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's nice that we're getting announcements about new stuff coming out, but then we also have the unfortunate news about things that we were excited to come out that are now getting bumped back. Uh, Tenant, yeah, Warner Brothers removed Tenant because L.A. County right now is starting to shut down again. And L.A. County is like the biggest uh, movie uh, revenue in the united states so it makes sense that you know they would want to save this movie for when they can open those back up uh warner brothers chairman toby toby emmerich said that uh we will share a new 2020 release date imminently for tenant we are not treating tenant like a traditional global day and date release and our upcoming marketing and distribution plans will reflect that so they would like to release in 2020 at this point, I'm kind of just assuming that it's going to be like anything in 2020 at this point, and that it's just not going to happen. Um, like you said, too, what Falcon and Winter Soldier, that was supposed to come out uh, next month on Disney+, Plus, and that has been removed from uh, next month's premiere release list on Disney+. Plus. No new uh, release date has been announced on that yet. And then... Uh, Universal also announced um, date switches for Candyman, the Halloween sequels, and um, the last Purge movie. Uh, Candyman is moving three weeks to October 16th to fill in the gap that Halloween Kills is leaving. Uh, both Halloween Kills and then the third movie in that franchise, Halloween Ends, are both moving back a year. So Kills is coming out on October 15th and Ends is coming october 15th 2021 ends is coming out on october 14th 2022 and the forever purge is coming out on july 9th in 2021 also bumped back a year so yeah i it sucks i mean tenant was like one of those movies that i was like the most anticipating for this year and along with all the other movies that were already have supposed to have come out or were going to come out that have been pushed back it's just another uh, tick on the wall that, you know, it's just unfortunate. But, again, understandable. We deal with a lot every day. And podcasts, movies, TV, comics are our escape from the crap that's going on right now. So to see movies get pushed back and, and suspended indefinitely, that's the one you don't like to see. When it's like, this is now suspended indefinitely, basically the release has been canceled. At least when you see a movie get bumped you have a little bit of hope that when things get pushed back, you're like, okay, well, now I can look forward to it on that date. But there are so many movies now that have gotten bumped back months. We're not talking about a week. We're not talking about a couple weeks. There is a laundry list. Not just months, like 
years. Like, they've already announced movies that were supposed to come out next year that are being bumped, like, a year or two. A bunch of movies that were supposed to come out this year are already being bumped to 2021. What I want to do is, before we dive head, head first into this topic and talk about where it hits us hardest, I want you, top to bottom, run through your list of movies that were supposed to come out on their dates and when they're going to come out now, just so we can kind of get our heads wrapped around exactly what we're looking at and how much the damages really are. Uh, Vogue had a list of all the movies that have been announced for different that have either gotten pushed back or just canceled as far as releases go. I kind of looked through that and I picked out the ones that I would probably see or the ones that you know, that I feel like people listening to this podcast would care about knowing when it's going to be coming out now. So of this list, would you say that this is about half of what Vogue had put up? Yeah, I I would probably say a quarter. So there this was, is a quarter. So the list that Brian is about to give you is only 25% of the movies that Vogue listed as movies that have been either suspended or pushed back. And this is just movies, too. I mean, how many TV shows were supposed to come out? Like, pretty People's much... weddings... Um, yeah, funerals, um, life that's getting pushed back. Like, again, like I said, at least we could unplug from the world and get into these movies. And some of our movies have gone out of the way, like Trolls did and like Scoob did and went straight to, to straight to streaming. Yes, it kind of hurt um, movie theaters, but again, it's helping the general public. But, oh, man. So let's go through the list. Uh, first up was A Quiet Place 2. This was originally supposed to come out on April 24th. That's been bumped to August 20th. Uh, Black Widow was supposed to come out on March 20th of this year. Is now being bumped back to November 6th, which is where the Eternals movie was supposed to uh, come out, which is now being bumped back to February in the date that uh, Black Panther 2, I think, was supposed to come out. And now, of course, that one's going to get bumped. We're just focusing on movies this year that were supposed to come out this year and when they're coming out. Uh, next is New Mutants. That was supposed to come out on April 3rd um, and is now coming out on August 28th on Disney+. Plus. This is the rumor. So, like, we talk, like we're talking about now, these are movies that, you know aren't coming out and it's unfortunate but at least we got this one to look forward to and i think it's a smart move for that movie because it's been delayed and pushed back so many times that comic book fans and fans of the new mutants are probably annoyed enough to where they probably wouldn't have checked it out in the theater anyway and it's a property that you know common folk don't really know what it is you know so it's I think it's smart to release it on Disney Plus during a time when nothing else is really coming out. Um, next on my list was uh, Fast and Furious 9. This one was supposed to come out on May 22nd, and that got bumped a whole year to April 2nd of 2021. Can we just bump that back to the 34th of October? <laughs> Come on, this is like assault at this point. There's so many of these movies. I have a guilty pleasure with the Fast and Furious movies. They are ridiculous, over the top. It, they're starting to get to the point where it's almost too unbelievable, where it takes me out of them. So the last couple haven't been the greatest for me, but I was still excited to see 9, which now i got to wait till next year for. Wonder Woman's still supposed to come out this year. 
Uh, it was supposed to come out on June 5th. Then it was bumped back to August. Now it's been bumped back again to October 2nd. Free Guy, which is that video game movie with Ryan Reynolds, um, that was supposed to come out on July 3rd. Now been bumped to December 11th. Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, reboot, rebrand that I was kind of excited to see, uh, was supposed to come out on July 10th. Now it's coming out on March 5th of 2021. Just a short note on that. If you watch the trailer on that, what I like is that this is a whole new like rebrand of it because if you see like the Paul Rudd scene, he's like, oh man, that's a sweet replica ghost trap. So like he knows of the movies, but it's actually happening in this. So I'm, I'm super excited for it. You know, originally everyone was like the big, the big flare for this movie was that like, Oh, it wasn't gonna. It wasn't gonna follow the female Ghostbusters, which everyone hated anyway. Which everyone hated anyways. <laughs> but that's not how it was seen. And again, like the thing about that movie was, it was so poorly written and directed because you had such a knockout cast. It didn't matter. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's misogynistic." Everyone hates it because it's all women. Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, and Leslie Jones are arguably the funniest women on the planet. So the fact that they're like, "Oh, it's because it's women," it's like, no. It was written poorly. It was directed poorly. The movie sucked. So the reason that I think this movie went in a totally different direction, it's it's accepting that Ghostbusters 1 and 2 exist, but as movies. Yep. So now there's going to be real-life Ghostbusting based off of those movies? Well, that, and it it gives... It gives the opportunity to introduce, like, new fans to a franchise, but not, like, requiring them to watch all the movies. You know, you could go into... I This movie feels like you could go into it without having seen any Ghostbusters movies, understand what's going on, and love it, and then you go back and watch the old ones and appreciate and love them even more. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame that we now have to wait until March to see that movie, but again... Uh, the times that we're in, it's it's understandable. It just still kind of sucks. To continue going down the list, Jungle Cruise with The Rock and Emily Blunt was supposed to come out on the 24th of July. Now it's being bumped back a whole year to July 30, 30th, 2021. Tenet, which we talked about, don't know when that's coming out. Um, Morbius, The Living Vampire, with that's the playoff Matrix, right? <laughs> yeah. You, before this podcast, you're no, like... No, 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 don't tell them. <laughs> before this podcast, when we started, and I'm going through this list, and I was like, oh, yeah, Morbius was supposed to come out. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's a Matrix spinoff, isn't it? Oh, and I totally uh, thought that you were joking. I was like, yeah, totally. I, I, I took <laughs> Morbius as Morpheus. Like, please... Don't take my nerd license away. I, I'm aware of what Morbius is. My brain had a small lapse. Please don't take it away from me. But yeah, Morbius, uh, the living vampire with Jared Leto, was supposed to come out on July 31st. Now bumped to March 19th, 2021. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, was supposed to come out on October 2nd. Uh, is now being bumped back to the day after my birthday to, on June 25th, 2021. I was not the biggest fan of the first Venom movie. Um, this was back when I was working nights. 
I slept through 10 minutes of that movie and thought I slept through 40 minutes of that movie, which tells how choppy that movie came across to me. Uh, I was curious to see Woody Harrelson's Carnage, the last actor I would have casted for that role. But, yeah, that one I wasn't as bummed that it's getting bumped back. The one thing that I was bummed about was that the Batman was supposed to come out that day, and now that got bumped back another year. So now I guess I just have to live with Venom as on my birthday next year. The big 3-0. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, continuing. <laughs> yeah. Sick. Uh, let's, let's not talk about that and continue with this list. Halloween Kills, the second Halloween movie in the new relaunch, was supposed to come out on October 16th, 2020 now is being bumped back to october 15th 2021 yeah uh in its place comes the Candyman movie uh that's coming out now or supposed to come out for now yeah like, but we'll see again, again like we're talking about all these as if it's like oh these are when these movies are going to come out some of these movies have already been bat bumped so this is their second bump already so we can't sit here and pretend that these movies are gonna we don't want to fill your heads with hey these are when these movies are coming out now take this podcast make notes on your calendar to say this is when these movies are said to be coming out they might not yeah take it with a grain of salt i mean we don't have a vaccine yet for coronavirus so i feel like until that happens and until things start to settle down and calm down a little bit all of these dates that we're listing here are tentative we're just we're doing this now to inform you keep you up to date like chad said put it on your calendars but put it with like a question mark write it in pencil maybe so that you can erase it do whatever you need to do um eternals was supposed to come out on november 6th now black widow is scheduled to come out on that date we'll see if that happens as well oh i have a better idea rather than their calendar they currently have that they they write in their kids pta meetings and and, and there's you know their t-ball games we should put out like a like a boudoir like a burlesque midwestern nerds calendar <laughs> <laughs> you're telling we me we want to bring in listeners we don't want to scare them away <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, fair enough quarantine has created quarantine bods on the midwestern nerds so we'll we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll we'll put a pin in that let, let me i have three more movies to list off and then let's i'm taking your idea I'm spinning it in a way where we can maybe like get some some interaction going and maybe draw in some new people. But let me first get through uh, these last three. Godzilla vs. King Kong was supposed to come out November 20th. Now being bumped back to May 21st, 2021. Uh, the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, was supposed to come out in April. And now it's coming out on November 20th, tentatively. The last movie on my list is The Tomorrow War, which is a movie starring Chris Pratt that is kind of like a futuristic war movie that sounded really interesting to me. This was supposed to be a Christmas movie. This was supposed to come out on uh, December 25th and is now bumped back to July 23rd, 2021. Uh, my idea that I just had was, you know, we don't have these movies coming out we're starting to run into the point where things not just movies but you know tv shows 
uh, watchable entertainment is getting to the point where it's starting to come to a crawl, to a halt, or new entertainment, I should say. What Chad and I should do here for all of our listeners is to take these lists of movies, of these nerdy, geeky movies that were supposed to come out, and fill that void with uh, some best stuff recommendations in the future, whether it be, you know, a blog post on our new website or a long Facebook post or an image on Instagram. Recommendations to kind of take the place of these movies, you know, uh, like Black Widow, for example, that one, if it doesn't come out in November, let's make like a Black Widow suggestion, whether it be like a comic book show, a cartoon that she may be popped up in, Godzilla vs. King Kong, can't see Godzilla there, what, what other Godzilla recommendations would we recommend to you, you know? I love it, absolutely. So, this has just been a uh, spur of the moment, on the spot brainchild that we've come up with, uh, we will... I will put it in the Gryffindor notebook. The official Chad Coffin Midwesterner's paper supplier. Yeah, you give me shit about being old, and here you are still handwriting your notes. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> There's a difference between old and classic. Oh, okay, okay. So Chad's making a note of it. We are going to take this list of movies that we just read off to you, and we're going to come up with some best-off recommendations around the time when these movies either were supposed to come out or are going to come out. Uh, looking at this list... What was, like, the movies on here that, you know, you're most disappointed about not seeing? The two movies on this list, and the first one I will say comes from a place of love. Both of them do. It was A Quiet Place 2. So A Quiet Place 1, A Quiet Place, was a thriller that I really enjoyed. John Krasinski, uh, Jim from The Office. Um, A lot of people are like, that's not John Krasinski, that's Jim Halpert. John Krasinski now Uh, his directing debut he directed and starred in this movie the fact that his first directorial his directorial debut was a movie that had such limited dialogue and hit so hard and was so good just shows you that even if John Krasinski decides to stop acting which please don't take that beautiful angel face off of the big screen (laughs) We have so much good stuff that is going to... The best stuff that is going to come from him. So, that movie was a bummer to see. Again, um, his wife, Emily Blunt, is in that movie. Uh, This one was going to give you um, some backstory to what had happened before um, uh, Quiet Place, the first one. And then life continuing after A Quiet Place 2. The second movie for me, and I will admit... It was not the excitement for the movie itself, but for Marvel superhero movies to continue was the Black Widow movie. This movie was not driving the story forward in the MCU, so it was one that I was like, I will go see, Mm -hmm. but it's one that I will not see with the vigor and excitement that I usually do. Mainly because... It was last July, over a year ago, that Spider-Man Far From Home came out, this was the movie that we were supposed to see that for this year again that was slated Black Widow and then The Eternals. These were the Marvel movies this year. We've come so we've become so accustomed to having um, two, three, four Marvel movies come out in a year 
that it is insane that now that Black Widow got bumped back, it has been over a full year that we have seen something from the Marvel Cinematic Universe on the big screen. Yeah, I mean, we we are being deprived of new Marvel content, and it makes it even more bitter to the fact that, like, not only were we supposed to get Black Widow and Eternals, but we were all supposed to, we were also supposed to get Falcon and Winter Soldier. We were also supposed to get WandaVision. Was Loki this year or next year? Next year. But again, we, we didn't talk about it in this, but again, Black Panther is slotted for next February. Loki is slotted for next year. If you can't push back this year and just, oh, 2021 will be fine. You're not going to pack all of 2020 into November and then 2021 and let everything else release as scheduled. That's just not going to happen. So everything's going to continue to get pushed back. So some of those stories, like Black Panther 2, like the Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, those ones that drive the MCU forward are not going to come out when we want, when we expected them to, and we're just going to have to wait. I mean, the good thing about the Marvel movies, though, that we can take a small bit of comfort in is, yeah, we can't watch those new movies, but there's still lots of content with those characters available. Not just comic books, but, you know, there's other TV shows, there's books, like actual novels, there's, you know, audio dramas, there's all these different things that can fill that void. But Brian, what happens if they move the nerd back to the bottom of the totem pole and then these movies aren't cool anymore and then they don't make them anymore? Well, then I guess it's just us talking to ourselves in a microphone. (laughs) You know what? This is 249 pairs of eyes that look at us every time we record. That's enough fans for me. Uh, For those of you who can't see what he's talking about, he's talking about his Pops collection. That's in the nerd basement with us. 249 with Conor McGregor, the UFC fighter, on its way in the mail tomorrow for 250. <laughs> uh, looking at this list, uh, yeah, Black Widow. I was a little disappointed that we won't get that one too. Uh, Fast and Furious, I talked about already. Ghostbusters, I talked about. Tenant, I think, was my biggest disappointment. I love Christopher Nolan and anything that he puts out, even like his duds like interstellar and some would say dunkirk they're not duds like they're still like really good movies that you know even if they don't check off all the boxes they still check off quite a few boxes that you know even movies on this list probably wouldn't have checked off so you know we're not standing here alone either uh fans on instagram uh Bexy underscore Danielle said that she was really looking forward to Wonder Woman this year, and Brielli underscore Bells was looking for a quiet place too. I was so looking forward to see the brilliant acting skills of Emily Blunt crying emoji. <laughs> we're not alone. Yeah, these are movies that we were looking forward to, and our listeners out there—I don't want to say fans—we're not popular enough to have fans. Our listeners out there are running into the same issues that we are. You know, so the best thing that we can do in this circumstance is, you know, team up together. Like, we're all in this together. We're, ju- we're going to do our best to give you guys the best stuff recommendations to kind of fill up those voids. And if you have any suggestions, don't just share them with us, although we appreciate them. Share it with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on the website, on our Gmail account. But also just share them with people that you know because you know we're this little community here but there's still your friends at 
your friends outside of this podcast, you know, uh, coworkers, other people in your lives that are probably feeling the same way about all these things that they were looking forward to this year that just aren't coming out. So uh, if you have best off recommendations for anybody out there, be sure to share those with everyone. Now that we've wrapped up that topic in the news, uh, why don't we jump into some other news on the physical side of things? You know, Brian, before I get into my favorite uh, my favorite section, my favorite segment of the show, I shouldn't say that. I love all of them. <laughs> we talk about a lot of nerdy stuff, but we really, the Midwester part of our show, maybe might get a little lost. Folks, I am currently sipping on a homebrew that my brother of Balza Brewing Company made for me. It's a gluten-free amber ale. And it is currently being sipped out of a Pheasants Forever 1992 second place trap team trophy. That's right, in the Midwest, we give out trap competition trophies in the form of beer mugs. <laughs> that in the back has my father's name inscribed. 1992, second place. 1993, big wins on two fronts. Number one, first place in the Pheasants Forever trap tournament number two i was bored <laughs> way to go dad it was a good year for you but yes as brian alluded to we're on to the chadillac Checkdown, and the first thing we're going to talk about is nfl training camp a couple weeks ago we talked about mlb and the outcries from the players for their commissioner to figure out a plan where and when and what's going to be safe and now in the same day a big twitter blast went out from a lot of big names including patrick mahomes who we've talked about before and my my man russell the love muscle russell wilson training camp is supposed to start in the next couple of days with the season to come in the next in the next couple of weeks players want to know from Roger Goodell what the plan is to be safe in Russell's tweet he brings up I have two kids under the age of eight and my wife is pregnant what are you gonna do to keep us safe America wants football we understand that last week we talked about college football being pushed back being canceled being adjusted to conference only but now it's the NFL and what are we really gonna do to keep our players safe it's important it is imperative that we keep our players safe. And if Roger Goodell doesn't come out and say anything, that is a huge problem. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's the most important thing to remember is the player's safety. I mean, yeah, we all want, like you said, we all want football back, but we all want to see the players that we love safe and healthy at the same time. You know, it'd be nice to get football back right away, but let's say you know russell wilson aaron Rodgers, cam newton one of those big players does get corona and like worst case scenario doesn't come back from it and it was because there wasn't like safety guidelines and regulations put forth during training camp absolutely like you know okay russell wilson gets it he's an absolutely top tier healthy human being he'll he'll survive it the team's going to lose their star quarterback for two weeks. What if he goes home, and what if his wife gets it? Most pregnant women, when they get this, when they get the virus, are hospitalized. Okay, because we didn't make the right decision to keep people safe? Or one of his young kids. Exactly. 
his stepson, his daughter, like who knows? And, and today it was a huge step in the right direction. I don't think this will be the end of regulations, but today the NFL did officially announce that fans who will be allowed into the stadiums have to wear masks. So this is a step in the right direction. I'll be 100% honest. I think by the time the, the season starts, we will not, the, the fans will not be allowed in the stands. Oh, yeah. Look at the NBA, you know. The NBA bubble, they're literally sealing people off in the, this is the hotel, this is where you practice, this is where we play games. The NBA bubble, it's literally called the bubble for a reason. If players break the bubble, they have literally a, like a tip hotline where players can call in or family members of players who are down there can call in on other players. Like, they left last night, boom, off. See you later. Go enjoy your time away. They have to quarantine for two weeks before they can come back. Um, you know, the, what, the good news is this week that they, they had the COVID test for the players that were in the bubble. 350, uh, sorry, 346 players were tested. Zero positive COVID results. Huge. Again, we've had players outside of the bubble test positive. Uh, right here at home, Bucks. there's two players that have tested positive. Eric Bledsoe. Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu. Um, they tested positive. They're not in the bubble. They're not with the team. There's no threat to that bubble right now. Again, there's been handfuls of players who tested positive and they've been outside the bubble. Um, and the big word that you keep dropping is bubble. I mean, they're cut off from the outside world. They're in this bubble to stay safe. And, you know, I th not to get political, but, you know, maybe some people that are way higher up than us should maybe kind of look at that and be like, hmm, that's kind of working. Maybe we should apply something similar to our methods as well, you know? Maybe COVID would start to go down in numbers. I mean, it's not going to go away until there's a vaccine, but, you know, maybe things would kind of help, you know? And that's, as you can hear from my uh, quivering... Uh, very choppy sentences here. That's as political as we're going to get here on the Midwesterners podcast ever. So <laughs> many different countries have completely flattened the curve and America created a half pipe because we don't know how to appropriately handle the coronavirus. <gasps> Back to sports. Um, again, uh, they're, they're doing the right things to make the NBA happen. They're like, hey, we want basketball to come back. And Adam Silver, who is the most competent of all commissioners of all American sports, has said this is what we're going to do here's the plan if you break protocol you're gone alex caruso the legend of the lakers skipped his sister's wedding because he had already been in the bubble for a full three weeks and things were going so well with the lakers and the rhythm was so good he's not even one of your starters he's not one of even your top players he's like you need to understand this is what i need to do he skipped his sister's wedding some of y'all are going to agree with that. Some of y'all are going to disagree, but that's commitment right there. Yeah. You know, when you got the, the king on your team, it's hard to say one way or the other. I mean, that's a team player right there, too, because he could have easily went to that wedding, come back with who knows what, and then spread who knows what. Or not. Right. You or go to that wedding and have to take the mandatory two-week protocol. Games are supposed to start next week. So starting on the 30th, they have games, the two games that headline – Jazz and Pelicans, and Lakers and Clippers. Alex Caruso is part of that Lakers team. It's only a week away, July 30th, so those games are going to get started. And, again, 
while the best players, it might not be Le- uh, LeBron, it might not be Anthony Davis, but you need all of those pieces to make a team work. So, again, you have Jazz and Pelicans and then Lakers and Clippers. Pelicans are getting a big game because Zion, it's the big talk. He's coming, you know, he's about, he was off most of the season for injury. Zion's the big rookie. They say he's the new LeBron, the future of the NBA. And then, and then you get Lakers, Clippers, the battle for L.A., Kawhi and Paul George with the Clippers, Anthony Davis and LeBron uh, with the Lakers. The big one we're looking forward to. So those two games are on the 30th, and then on July 31st, one of the games that's slated is the Bucks and the Celtics. Finally, we get to see the Cream City, the Milwaukee Bucks, back on the court. There is a huge list of games that are slated for the 31st, so we're finally going to have basketball back. Um, one more thing. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, the fact that the players are like, where and when? Baseball is back when we record this tomorrow, but when you guys hear this yesterday, baseball is finally back. Pitchers are going to be thrown, bats are going to be swung, we're finally going to have real legitimate sports back on TV. As much as I love cornhole, as much as I love golf, I want to see sports back on TV. MLB this week. NBA next week and NFL following shortly after that and again like we talked about with the NHL with the two two hub cities with all the games being played we are about to get just injected with so much sports we're gonna be like if uh, Steve Rogers was supposed to be getting sports instead of muscles and he comes out of that (laughs) capsule like look at all the sports so very exciting news there um, the one other thing we want to talk about with the Chadillac checkdown, we talked about it last week, is the Madden ratings. Some people disagreed with me. Some people agreed with me. I really could care less. Get your own podcast and talk about it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, tight ends, and we're not talking about their butts in pants. Tight ends overall. Uh, San Francisco's George Kittle at 98. Travis Kelsey, 97 with the Chiefs. Rob Gonkowski coming back being retired and back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 95. Zach, my ball sack, Ertz, 90. Austin Hooper, 89. Evan Ingram, 88. Jared Cook, 87. Mark Andrews, the Baltimore Ravens at 96. Greg Olson uh, with the Seattle Seahawks at 86. And Darren Waller with the Raiders at 85. The first thing and the most glaring issue I see with this list is the fact that Madden was like, Oh my God, Gronk's back, 95. (laughs) <laughs> this is our one F word for the show. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? A guy who hasn't played football in over a year? I don't care if he's in shape. I don't care if he's healthy. You do not just give a guy walking off the street a 95. Whether he hasn't played before, whether he has played before, it's insane. It's one of those things that stands out to me as just, you know, popularity and sales. You know, how are we going to sell more Madden games to people, you know, the the audience that may not go out and buy this game because you know there are some there are very few but there are some let's announce that you know rob gronkowski's back and we'll make him a really good player and get those fans to potentially buy the game as well absolutely and you're ringing the bell right there this is a money bell you have zach Ertz and austin hooper and evan ingram who right now are not as good as Gronk was in the last season that he played. Gronk retired. He left. He's not in football form. But even if we digress from that, I'm sorry. 
George Kittle over Travis Kelsey. I understand there's a disparage between quarterbacks with nothing but a Jimmy G thing and pour one out from Mahomes. These are all fantasy football names. <laughs> I'm but I'm sorry. Travis Kelsey has proven time and time again, and even on the field and on the paper with the stats, Travis Kelsey is a more talented uh, tight end than uh, George Kittle. While I'm glad why they didn't do it like the running backs and automatically give a tight end a 99, they sat George Kittle at a 98, and I know a lot of people out there who probably don't play Madden or watch it are like, well, 99 and 98 are so close. There's a reason why the 99 club exists, because it's that different. It's that important. It's that cool that the 99 club exists. So, I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey should be your number one. I'll give George Kittle number two, but Rob Gronkowski should not even be on your top ten. He didn't play last year. I do not care what Madden had to say about it because other than what Brian said about driving the ratings and driving the numbers, there is no reason for Rob Gronkowski to be in the top ten. The next list we're going to look at is cornerbacks. Um, Devontae Adams does not belong on this list either, Brian, so just hold your breath. We'll get to that. Oh. Um, uh, number one, Stefan Gilmore in the 99 club. Uh, Jalen Ramsey at 94. Richard Sherman, 92. He's <clears throat> been a bum since he left Seattle. Uh, number four, Jair Alexander. Yeah, big love for the Packers at 90 overall. Woo! Only a couple of years in the league. Number five, Tredavious White at 90. Marion Humphrey, or sorry, Marlon, not Marion. Marlon Humphrey at 89. Casey Hayward Jr. at 89. Byron Jones, 88. Darius Slay Jr. at 88. And Patrick Peterson at 88. To be fair, it looked like Marion Humphreys to me. It did. I'm I, yeah, I should have put on my glasses. I should have. I need my, I need my cheaters. Oh, where are they, Ethel? Um, this is the first time I look at a list, and I don't really have any huge arguments with it. It's probably just me being salty with Richard Sherman that I don't want him at a 92, but Jalen Ramsey is probably the second best um, cornerback in the league. But Stephon Gilmore was just a beast last year. You can't argue with a 99 rating. If you look at the other guys in the league, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, Christian McCaffrey, Stephon Gilmore belongs up in that list of people. Um, so it's good to see him up there. So we'll move over now, and we will look at the top wide receivers. Hey, here you go. Now you're in. There we um, go. <laughs> number one, Michael Thomas, a 99 overall rating. Um, I saw a tweet from EA Sports. It, it didn't have the official Twitter checkmark, but the quote was, we just gave Michael Thomas a 99 overall rating because we didn't want to hear him bitch about it if he didn't get it. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins at 98, Julio Jones at 97, Tyreek the Streak Hill at 96, Devontae Adams, and oh my, I enlarged my picture too big, 94, Amari Cooper with the Cowboys at 93, Stefan Diggs, 92, Mike Evans, 92, Odell Beckham, 91, oh sorry, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, and then Keenan Allen rounding out the top 10 at 91. Your turn. Uh, it's nice to see a Packer on there. It's nice to see a few Packers uh, floating on these lists um, as a Packer fan. Um, yeah, seeing that, being a Packer fan, you know, it would give me more uh, drive to go out and get this Madden game because, you know, my my team has some decent, you know, players where if I would to play a season of Madden, you know, maybe 
maybe, just maybe, I wouldn't get my ass completely handed to me. He sets he sets the franchise mode on rookie. Brian doesn't like that line. <laughs> but uh, Devontae Adams is the, the highest-ranking Packer uh, this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was at 89, like yep. we talked about. A little low for, uh, for, for him. Uh, this rating lineup, Michael Thomas has led the league in catches the last couple of years because he has the most targets. Um, I honestly think that DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones are more talented. I think he belongs a little bit lower than the two of them. I think your DeAndre Hopkins, who was in the 99 club last year, could have been in your 99 club this year. And Julio Jones, while we talked about Matty Ice being Matty not-so-ice, Matty melted ice in Atlanta, Julio Jones keeps coming out every day. If he's not out on the field working hard, he's hitting his uh, bass boat and crushing it. Um, I mean, he's still number three, and DeAndre Hopkins, he's still number two, both 98 and 97. So, I mean, you can't complain too much there. Right at the top of the list. Um, Tyreek DeStreak with a 96 overall rating. This guy was given 99 speed, 99 acceleration, and 99 change of direction. If you get this guy the ball, he's literally early 2000s Mad Michael Vick. You're not touching him. So <laughs> be prepared for that. Uh, Mari Cooper at 93 and Stefan Diggs at 92. The problem I have with that is that both of them absolutely belong under Mike Evans at 92. Mike Evans is a more talented, more versatile wide receiver than both Stefan Diggs and Amari Cooper, but gets put under there because he's been with Jameis, needs LASIK surgery, Winston for the last handful of years. He's a really talented wide receiver that hopefully now this year him and Chris Godwin will both get the credit that they deserve because they have a quarterback in Tom Brady. While not the most talented, still one of the most smartest minds in football. Mm-hmm. And again, routed out by OBJ and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen with an older quarterback with the Chargers. He doesn't see a lot. And OBJ with the mess that the Browns were. We'll see what they have to give this year. That's the end of our top ten list. But I do have one other chart that I would like to look at. And it's Madden brothers the madden brothers brothers in the nfl with high madden ratings and the first one is when we just talked about tight end travis kelsey he's at a 97 while his offensive lineman brother jason kelsey who plays for the eagle who dressed as a shaman after the eagles won the super bowl <laughs> is at a 94 hometown heroes from wisconsin jj watt and tj watt are respectively a 98 and an 86 Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa, some of the best pass rushers in the league. Nick at 89 and Joey Bosa at 91. And then twins Devin and Jason McCourty at 92 and 85. Can you imagine those parents showing up to a game where Devin or Jason square off against each other or the Chiefs and the Eagles are playing each other? They have to be those parents in the stands who have the split jerseys. like that. Or like one parent wears the one team and the other parent wears the other team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a UFC fighter, uh, Johnny Bones, who, who fights. And he's a UFC fighter, but his two brothers, one is an offensive lineman and one is a defensive lineman. And I read an article one time that said the parents saw him at fight night in Las Vegas on a, on a Saturday night. And they flew the red eye into New England the next night because both of his brothers were playing in the same game at noon. Oh, so they gosh. finished fight night, saw John, and then at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night, flew to New England, and the next morning, like, got a couple hours of sleep at the hotel and then went and saw the game there. Woof. I Woof, mean, but like, 
at the same time, like every parent's dream, you know. Yeah, I just went to my millionaire superstar athlete son's game, and now I'm going to go to my two other millionaire superstar athlete son's games as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, again, it, it's exciting. It's fun and for those families. Hey, good on you. Also, speaking of which, by the way, he might not be higher rated, but there's a third Watt brother that's also in the NFL. He's a Jeez. fullback and last I heard he played for the Chargers. So, good on you, Mama Watt. You're good breeding stock. <laughs> that wraps up the Chadillac Checkdown, and we will head over to the best stuff. The best stuff for this week, I have one particular item that is pretty uh, standard for my kind of recommendations so far on this channel. And then I have another one that is a little bit off-brand, but still fits the Midwesterners' uh, bubble roof area thing. Can't words right now. Culture. Yes, culture. Um to put a little teaser to that second item, uh, Chad briefly mentioned it earlier about the whole Midwestern part of the Midwesterners podcast. Uh, my first uh, best staff recommendation happens to come from one of the big two and the one that I usually don't spend too much time with, uh, DC in Deceased which is kind of like DC's take on Marvel Zombies. It's like their zombie version of uh, comic books. And this particular story asks the question of what happens to the world's finest if the world ends? With death spreading across the planet, who will live and who will turn in this apocalyptic tale of heroism, sacrifice, and annihilation? Fighting time each Fighting time, each other and all of humanity, Earth's greatest heroes must rally together for what may very well be their last chance to save the world from the most terrible plague humanity has ever seen. The anti-life equation has been released and is ravaging the world at the viral speed of social media. Once exposed, victims lose their minds, violently attack all around them. The heroes of Earth are fighting a losing battle to save the world and themselves. Uh, this story was kind of confusing in the first issue, but once you get past all of, like, the confusing techno jargon that DC likes to throw out at you, it turned into a really interesting story. A story that had lots of twists and turns, a lot of, uh, just plot twists that you don't see coming. Like, even in the first issue... There are characters that get turned that you wouldn't expect to get turned. And it kind of focuses on those other characters, you know. You got some of the big hitters left, but most of them are kind of like the side characters, like the sidekicks, you you know, your, your Dick Graysons, your Nightwings that are like kind of in between. Like those middle level, uh, both heroes and villains, and just the different team-ups that you get too. Uh, there were two there were three other spinoffs so far the unkillables which focuses on like the villains and what like how they kind of handle this whole zombie apocalypse uh hope at world's end which was a digital only so because it's digital i don't really read digital so i haven't gotten the chance to look at that yet but i think that focuses on harley quinn and poison ivy if i'm not mistaken 
Poison Ivy kind of, like, grows up her own little, like, forest force field bubble and, like, allows people to kind of, like, enter into her kingdom to kind of protect them from the zombies. So I think that focuses on that. And then Dead Planet is the sequel to the main story, which is going on right now. Uh, it takes place five years later and, like, shows the new Justice League that managed to get off Earth and create their own civilization on a different planet. They're called Back to Earth uh, because Cyborg is left on Earth and he like sends out a distress signal so they come back and chaos has ensued. Uh, there's one issue of that out right now. I read it and I really enjoyed it. And then I also read like The Deceased and The Unkillables, which were also very good. Uh, it takes an interesting twist on the zombie thing too because the zombie outbreak is caused by social media like this virus that dark side creates that he like releases into the internet and social media so pretty much if you look at your phone you're gonna get infected as if social media hasn't already created sheep and zombies right but when we live in a culture that's so glued to our screens our phones our computers it like the majority of your population would be gone within the first probably five minutes of this outbreak so it it's it's an interesting story i recommend it i found it to be enjoyable amongst the dc books i'm usually more of a batman guy because dc kind of gets too caught into their whole continuity world building storytelling which kind of makes it almost feel inclusive at times but this story felt very much uh, new reader friendly so that's my first best stop recommendation for the week and my second best stop recommendation is revolution brewing which is a beer company out of uh chicago illinois they started back in Ooh, chicago boo chicago yeah coming from wisconsin but it's they make some damn good beer and i discovered them when I went to C2E2, which is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, it's the closest thing that I'll probably get to a San Diego Comic-Con, uh, and that's in Chicago, and this is the official beer of C2E2. Uh, they started back in 2010. Um, they make IPAs, porters, pilsners, Belgian-style ales, pale ales, barrel-aged beers, and much more. Um, yeah, I discovered them last year when I went to C2E2, and my favorite one that I tried there was the Galaxy Hero, which is the con exclusive. Uh, you can only get the main version of this at C2E2, but they've released, like, two other, like, almost spinoff versions of this beer. Like, perhaps an anti-hero IPA? Kind of. Which is in my fridge upstairs. Oh, so, yeah. They... They do have, yes, they have like a hero line of beers, and I'm glad to know that that's up there, because I could have been drinking that right now. But besides the point, besides the point, yes, they do have like, they're very much like comic book superhero, like themed in their beers. Uh, Galaxy Hero is probably my favorite from there. Um, but yeah, they have like two spin-off versions of it. One has Haze. And one is a 16-ounce double-dry hopped IPA. Uh, sits at 8% for a 16-ounce Tallboy and is pretty...
pretty damn good. The other one that I really like is the Sun Crusher, which is like their summer seasonal one. Nice. And uh, that is like a wheat pale ale. Uh, so, yes, I highly recommend those. Uh, you can find those. They're starting to become available more in Wisconsin grocery stores. Uh, if you're not from Wisconsin, though, or if you're not in an area where they have them, uh, just look up Revolution Brewing. I'm sure you can get your hands on them some way, somehow. So I wanted to not only have some comic book nerdy stuff in there, but I wanted to hit more of the Midwestern part of our title here with my recommendations that for the week. That is so dope. I w- now it makes me change everything I'm thinking of for the best stop. <laughs> um, this week, I'm going to revert back to one thing that we talked about in the pilot episode on First Round KO, um, is Avatar The Last Airbender. If you have not watched this animated series, get into it and watch it. It's available on Netflix. It's a top tri- te- top 10 trending show on Netflix. It is great. It is an awesome show. You should really watch it because as of August 14th, they're going to be putting the sequel uh, series to it, The Legend of Korra, who is the next Avatar. I personally have not seen Legend of Korra. I did not look, search it out. I did not pursue it when it came out on TV. But I am so excited now that it's been coming to Netflix. There was such a huge boom with Avatar on Netflix that they're like, holy cow, we can put this other show on here too, and people are going to love it. So if you love Avatar, get excited for Legend of Korra coming on the 14th. And if you're not a fan of either, watch them and see that you are missing out on something. Uh, the other best stop recommendation I have this week is The Old Guard. The Old Guard is a movie that just released to Netflix a week ago, and it is excellent. It follows a team of, we'll say, mercenaries, vigilantes, who are heroes for hire that come in, and they're really meant to take out the bad guys. They are a team of people who have fought through the ages in on different sides of wars on different sides of uh, not experiments but just they have been there for all the battles all the wars all the attacks all the all like the world's big events like they have become a part of and the reason why they could is because they're immortal they can't die absolutely and they are immortals they can't die in the traditional sense but they their their stopwatch does eventually run out so this uh, movie is headed by Charlize Theron as the main actress in it they have a handful of other um, oh my gosh I can't remember his name Chuito uh, Ejiofor thank you Chuito Ejiofor he is in Doctor Strange he plays Mordor uh, this movie at first Brian recommended it to me and I'm like oh it's a comic book movie really cool I never read the comic I never really heard uh, of the, the show itself or the book itself but after watching it not only was I head over heels for it, I headed right down to House of Heroes to try to find a book on it. But my wife, who is usually very hesitant to these things, was like, oh my god, is this movie old? Like, does that mean that the movie that is going to come out soon? Nope, it's only a week old. So the sequel is not going to come out <laughs> for a while. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, the big draw to me for that movie was Greg Rucka. He's the writer of the comic book series, and he actually wrote the screenplay for the movie, too. 
Uh, not something that's uh, very common with movies. Um, and he got more say than most people do when it came to writing the script and what was in the movie and what wasn't in the movie. So hearing all those things was what really drew me to watch the movie. Um, I don't know what I was expecting with this movie, but I, I think I had some like ungodly expectations for it because it was really good and I do recommend it. It just didn't hit all the bells and whistles that I wanted it to. I did like that they kind of focused on, you know, how people would be affected by not dying. Like, it really dove into, like, the psychology of it, you know, and especially when, um, like Chad said, a part of the plot is that these people, they're immortal, but only for so long, and focusing on, like, how that affects them, like, as the world moves on, but they don't, and then also when mortality does finally hit how they handle that as well so those kinds of things really stood out to me that i really liked i didn't really like the villain i thought he was way too over the top cartoony well when you plug in dudley dursley from the harry potter a skinny movies, dudley a dursley skinny, like <laughs> it looks like they just oh my gosh what's the opposite of the opposite of an engorging spell shrinking spell no it's not a shrinking spell it looks like they removed all of his insides but threw all of the skin on that skeleton he was very weird when you saw him for the first time for any doctor who fans to me he kind of came off as like a more cartoony zany version of the 11th doctor matt smith like they look kind of similar and just like how he acted i was like a combination of him and fat bastard at the end of the last austin powers movie was like yeah look at my wings (laughs) but yeah that kind of like took me out of it a little bit but i mean and the other thing too is like there's action in this movie but it's not really action heavy and i think that was kind of the thing that didn't reach that expectation i would have liked a couple more like action scenes i guess there was a there was a good amount of action not enough but i will say they told a good story they did that's the most important part is that especially for something that comes out because how many people have read the old guard comic books you're sitting here with our we claim to be the midwestern nerds your guys's top tier experts on comics and neither of us nope have read them but now we see this movie and it's like holy cow there's something here we need to go back to it uh, but they did an awesome job of storytelling where you did not need to have known the comics. You did not need to have seen anything prior to this to understand this movie. It opened wildly, but it slowly told the story as the movie went, which I think is what makes it really inclusive to, to all movie viewers and, and fans of nerdy stuff. Yeah, so if you are looking for things to fill that bucket of you know movies that didn't come out that we talked about earlier... That's one movie that you can check out to kind of fill that void of new content, new movies. And if you did like that movie and you saw it, you know, check out the books. Check out Greg Rucka's work as well. He's a fantastic writer. He's one of my favorite comic book writers. And so there you have it for your best stuff recommendations for the week. And at the end of the best stuff, you got TV, you got movie, you got comic books, and you got beer. What more do you need? Boom! We planned your whole weekend. Come on, guys. We come out on a Friday. You go to the store. You're set for the whole weekend. 
All right, one thing we gotta ask you guys, please reach out, be a part of the Midwestern Nerds family. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Reach out to us, let us know. Hey, guys in Appleton who love alcohol, guys in Fond du Lac who are cold all the time, girls in Appleton who do yoga, talk to us, let us know what you're into and get involved with us. Even if you're from a different country, like say Sweden, you know, we take all different kinds of listeners here on this show. And there's no way we'd ever heard the Nerk talk about the Swedish Herkater to show because you're from Sweden, Herkater. And now we just lost all of our Swedish fans. Goodbye, Swedish fans. <laughs> we are again on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Where you can find us on a countless number of streaming services. That is at MidwesternNerds.com. We will share it with the link. Um, and for the Western Nerds, I'm Chad. And I'm Brian. And as Sun Tzu in The Art of War said, be strapped or get clapped. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whether it's beer, brats, comics, or pops, keep it nerdy. <laughs>